2: going on everybody this is BGN radio episode number 177 with me as always is Brandon Lee Gaon of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from Phillyvoice.com we are going to do our annual I guess uh, drafting of players that the that we think the Eagles are most likely to take so we'll go 12 deep on that and we'll get to a little potpourri before we get started on that on just league around the or news around the league Brandon buddy how you doing friend Jimmy Glad to be here with you. Always kind of a lull in the off season.
1: I mean, it's been a slow Eagles off season more than normal, of course, anyway. But
2: you know, we're a couple of weeks Has it? removed. <laughs> I mean, recently Well, I they mean, traded once and they traded back in the draft. They fired their head coach. We have we have some action going on this year. That feels like forever ago, Jimmy. it does. It's it April does. now. That's like <laughs> it feels like and
1: with the, you know, pandemic time and accounting for all that, that's like eons ago, you know. Obviously, free agency not very eventful, and now we're still a couple of weeks or a few weeks away from the NFL draft. But I'm excited to get into our game that we have today because, in part, because I beat you last year because I yeah, took uh, Justin. You took you know, well, you took you had the first overall pick. You yeah. took Justin Jefferson, and uh, I took Jalen Rager at number two. Now. I really wish you were right. I wish you had <laughs> won that game. But uh, before yeah. we get into everything, of course, BGN Radio brought to you by Right to Sellin. Craft Turkey. Go to, right to com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. And Jimmy, I have a little tease here. More uh, A new sponsor element that we will talk to talk to you about uh, before the first break here. We'll talk about that later.
2: Oh, you're teasing commercials now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the potpourri section of the podcast Uh, First of all, the Panthers uh, traded uh, their their second-round pick and their fourth-round pick, I believe, in 2022. And a sixth-round pick in 2021 for Sam Darnold, which, in my view, takes them out of the running for a quarterback. They were drafting eighth overall. I don't think you trade three picks for a starting quarterback or a guy that you're obviously going to start. And then you take a quarterback at eight. I guess it's still possible, but... The likelihood that they're going to take one, or the way that they were reading it, they probably didn't think a quarterback was going to make it to them. Uh, But how do you think this uh, trade affects the Eagles? Well, isn't it also possible someone could trade to their pick, like, and
1: they could kind of recoup? Like, let's say Mac Jones is there at eight, and the Patriots want to move up, and Mm -hmm. they didn't like Mac Jones, who is, I think, only like a year. Uh, younger than Sam Darnold. So they they moved out of there and, you know, and and this was part of their plan too, like to give up these picks, but to also recoup some of that because they they planned to move down, um, take the sting out of some of what they gave up. So I think like it's still possible. I think their first reaction to the trade this week was like, oh, that means another non-quarterback could go off the board before the Eagles pick and I mean, that could be true, but I still think there's going to be teams looking to trade up, so it might not impact anything at all.
2: Yeah, they're still in a decent spot because they're one pick ahead of the Broncos who uh, need a quarterback, too. And, you know, if you're the Panthers and you're sitting there at 8 and you know you're not taking a quarterback, maybe you just siphon off one pick from the Broncos just to make sure, just so that they make sure they get their guy. But anyway, uh, I don't think it affects the Eagles too much. I do think that having one less team ahead of them that definitely – needed a quarterback that's not there anymore isn't good but ultimately Mm -hmm. i do think that all five of those quarterbacks are going to go anyway uh before the eagles pick a 12.
1: yeah the way i put it is like it doesn't necessarily help them at all it's like
2: it's not it's not improving their chances but uh what else all right so then uh the falcons reportedly are open to trading out of the number four pick which uh we'll translate that for you the falcons said to whatever national reporters uh can you put out there that the fourth pick is up for sale so once that gets out there i think for the most part they are trying to get out of that spot and ultimately will uh we you know we know that we don't know this but we're pretty sure that trevor lawrence will go number one uh, overall to the jaguars we're pretty sure zach wilson will go number two overall to the jets Uh, the third pick is certainly going to be a quarterback. It's just a matter of which one, whether that be Mac Jones, which I think would be crazy to spend (laughs) the amount of trade capital they did, uh, for the Niners to move up. It could also be Trey Lance or Justin Fields, but a quarterback is going to go there. Uh, so the Falcons wanting out of that spot is an indication that they aren't either interested in a quarterback at all, or they aren't interested in whatever quarterback they think is going to be left over for them. And I think wisely, they want to get out of that spot, probably for the same reasons that the Eagles wanted to get out of the sixth spot, in that, I again, when, I, when the Eagles made that trade, I didn't think there was a big difference between who they could get at six and who they could get at 12. And I, I mean, there is a difference, but it's not so much of a difference that I would turn down. Uh, a first round pick in 2022 to make that move so I'm guessing that the Falcons are operating under that same logic I saw
1: a report on the Falcoholic ESPN's uh, Falcons site kind of reminded me of the Lurie thing because it was actually Chris Mortensen again citing that Falcons owner Arthur Blank wants the team to kind of stick with Matt Ryan because they feel like he has some years left in him but the new GM there Terry Fontenot mm-hmm. uh, wants to draft a quarterback so Owner probably going to win out because he owns the team. But <laughs> right. uh, I just thought that was interesting to see that difference of opinion there. And, uh, yeah, so it seems like, I mean, if they're they're moving out, then it's a team trading up, right, for the, the fourth available quarterback, presumably. Yeah, unless... so if a
2: team does move up there, I would presume they would be doing so for a quarterback. So that's good for the Eagles if, if that happens. Unless, I guess,
1: it's like the Broncos who are already picking ahead of them anyway. Yeah, true. And that doesn't change. Any, it's just changing where they're picking. But then... I guess whoever trades down, I don't know. The point of this is, I guess, uh, <laughs> obviously hope for the Eagles that as many quarterbacks go as possible. Unless you you know want a quarterback to fall to number 12, which I just don't think is likely. Or, I mean, why would the Eagles trade down if they're taking a quarterback?
2: And then uh, thirdly, uh, before we move on to our draft, uh, Nick Sirianni did a, an in-depth interview with a friend of yours and mine, uh, Fran Duffy, from the Eagles' website, who uh, obviously has, uh, you know, X's and O's chops uh, in spades. And he spoke for over 20 minutes with Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni got to showcase his personality uh, in that kind of setting, which is sort of more in his comfort zone, obviously, than, you know, uh, press conferences with the media where he's standing in front of a podium in front of a screen with like, you know, 20 different faces on it. Uh, So I only saw like the first four or five minutes of that. uh, but. You know, I, I thought that he came across well in the short time. I, I still have to catch up and watch the rest of that. But what, what were your thoughts on uh, his interview with Fran?
1: No banana routes, Jimmy. <laughs> I didn't no see banana that part. Routes. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He wants a, uh,
1: he wants a crisp cut. St- was it? Stick your, your foot in the ground and go. Right. Um I, So I have mixed feelings about this. I, I think if I wasn't so disillusioned with the front office, Jimmy, I think I would like this a lot more. And if I felt, like, you know, encouraged by the front office, I would feel also good about this a little bit more, which isn't really fair because I'm kind of, you know, not uh, assessing Nick Sirianni in a vacuum or on his own merit as much as I'm, you know, uh, assessing him by what he's associated Mm -hmm. to and tied to. But, I mean, I think it's good. I think for a team that totally lacks juice and energy and everything in many ways, uh, I think it's good for him to bring that. And I kind of worry about it because that can't be, like, who he is all the time. Right. He can't be just Mr. Ra rah guy all the time. Like, you know, that's just not like he has to he has to be more dimensional than that. But I I think it's authentic though. I think he's not faking it, and I think that's good. He just seems like a guy who mm-hmm. gets like really juiced up and, and pumped up and that's good and I think that's relatable in Philly. Of all places you could possibly have that. So uh I, it's, I, I, it's something I, I said when we were talking about the last Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni press conference is like, I know a big takeaway from that press conference was wasn't anything Nick Sirianni said, but rather his demeanor and the energy and the juice level. he has. And I think that's great. But, you know, it doesn't like guarantee and it also doesn't disqualify him either way as a
2: uh, as an actual good head coach. What about you? I think it was good for the fan base to see him in his own element. Where he's talking X's and O's, and he's talking about film, and he's talking about players and that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, in the introductory press conferences, he's asking, he's being asked a lot of questions about stuff that he's probably not even really in on the decision on, <laughs> like you know Carson Wentz's future with the team and such. So, like, you know, as a public speaker, he's not Frederick Douglass, but as a guy that can talk film, when you know, when you know he's, he's talking about schemes, you know, that, that that he ran in the past in Indianapolis. I thought he can't. And again, I didn't see the whole thing, but I thought you know he he looked uh, very comfortable, uh, a lot more comfortable in his own element. Yeah, I think we're seeing that more and more. And I also I think the the whole I think
1: I've talked about this before, but the first press conference thing it's like overblown. Even like yes, not not even just him and how he came off, but also like the perception that like other people just started to say like oh uh, he's getting way too much hate. Like I don't know, I didn't even like see an anordinate amount. I'm sure there were angry people about it, um, but I didn't see, like, I don't know, just this, this Oh, whole... there were people goofing on them, for sure. There were. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think that was, like, the majority of people. I don't yeah, think, like, yeah, yeah. most certainly people lo- lo- Certainly,
2: locally, that didn't happen. It was more, like, national people that were kind of bashing them.
1: Yeah, I would say that kind of became a little bit
2: of a straw man,
1: at least to me. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but to my perception. Like, I was... Like, people were like, oh, people thought... I just don't want to hear, like, oh, people thought... A lot of people thought this guy couldn't even be a good head coach. Like, he turns out to be one because he had a bad press conference. Like, I don't think that was the majority opinion at all. And Anyway,
2: moving beyond that. What he actually said was fine, by the way. It was just like his demeanor. He was clearly super nervous and, uh, and understandably. like, not, like uh, I think there's like a, a Seinfeld opening to one of the shows where like, Jerry's talking about how uh, the number one or the number two fear that people have in life is death. And number one is public speaking. So, like, a lot of people would be terrible in that in in that scenario where you're. you're, I would be. Yeah. Right. So, like, and like, and you, you're on. You have a podcast. You go on TV. Like, you're kind of already accustomed to doing that. So, like, it's funny when you hear people criticize the guy for not being a public speaker, where they'd like wet their pants in that same situation. And Doug's was terrible. I think Doug's might have been even worse, honestly. Go (laughs) back and watch
1: Doug Peterson's first press conference, and boy, is it not good. It's, like, (laughs) brutal. It's, like, cringy, awkward at points. Uh, But it didn't matter. So, anyway. All right. So, moving on.
2: Um, Let's get to the draft. So, just to kind of walk walk you guys through what we'll do, we'll kind of have a snake draft here, and we will pick who we think, are the most likely players for the Eagles take to take in the first round, whether that be at twelve or if they move up or back? Um, Brandon, you got a coin for the first pick? I want to stress
1: before I flip the coin: most likely, we are right. Not who this we is would an take. Acti- Yeah, this isn't preference based. We can talk about that within this, but where the activity is preference, because I think that's the most interesting thing to do, right? Because who cares? Right, what nobody we think cares about into. our opinion. Yeah, like that, <laughs> yeah. Like we're thinking. You know, we're using the insight that we have and the knowledge of the team to, you know, kind of predict what's going to happen. All right. So, anyway, uh, heads or tails? I'm about to flip it. Uh, tails never fails. Okay. So, Jimmy's going to tails. That was a terrible flip. Let me do that again. <laughs> Didn't make the noise.
2: <laughs> it's tails. All yeah. right. So, I get the number one pick. With the number one pick of the Who Are the Eagles Going to Take Draft, I select... Devontae Smith, Ooh. wide receiver, Alabama. And uh, the reasoning why is I think that it's likely, I actually did a whole post on this, but I think it's likely that um, as long as like three receivers don't go in the top seven picks, and I kind of can't see that happening, then uh, I do think that uh, one of the top three receivers between Jamar Chase uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle will be there for the Eagles at 12. Because you look at like the teams from 8 to 11. You have the Panthers with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. You have the Broncos, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. You have the Cowboys, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. And then you have the Giants who just spent a ton of money on Kenny Galladay. They also have Darius Slayton and, and Sterling Shepard. And then you look behind the Eagles, who's picking uh, You know, after them. You have the Chargers with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams at 13. And then you have the Vikings, who just took Justin Jefferson, of course, and they have Adam Thielen already at fourteen. Neither of those two teams are going to move up. Patriots are fifteen. If they're moving up, you have to imagine that'd be for a quarterback. So I don't see you know anyone moving ahead of the Eagles to take uh, that third wide receiver. And it's a strong wide receiver draft anyway, so you may as well just sit back and wait for uh, you know another one to come to you. But I, I think that uh, of Smith, Chase, and Waddle, Smith is the most likely guy of those three to fall to twelve. I've seen Smith go a lot at
1: seven to the Lions. Yep, it's possible. I've also, I know you mentioned the Giants thing. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, I think, has had Smith to the Giants in, like, all three of his mocks. Mm, so I think really? that's interesting. Yeah, and and I could see, think about it from this perspective, Jimmy. Like, disregard the wide receiver, like, who they have at first for a little bit. Like, isn't Devontae Smith a player, football guy Dave Gettleman would love to take? He doesn't care about the analytics of, like, this player, you know, players, this light, like probably aren't going to succeed in the NFL. Like The prototype isn't good for them. He's like he's going to like grind the tape guy. This is the Heisman. How can we pass on this
2: guy? So I can yeah. see that. Does he care about need, though? I don't know. I feel like he cares that's... about need. And they don't need one. You know, they have two Maybe. outside guys in Galladay and Slayton and Shepard's your slot. And they also mm-hmm. just took a flyer on John Ross, too, which I didn't mention. Right. So, I mean, if they do it, then that's not... I mean, I don't think it matters for the Eagles. I think a good player's going to be there anyway. But... I mean, I'll I, I'll be looking my chops to smash them for, for that pick, you know. But anyway,
1: I have Devontae number one on my preference board. Okay, who I would like to take because okay. I just think this guy. I think he's Justin Jefferson. Not exactly the same player. Not going to say he's going to have the same amount of success. But in terms of like, and even the. The profile isn't as good of a bet because of the weight and everything, but just in terms of this guy being like a dog, a guy you just know is going to go out there and like play his butt off and compete. And like all he cares about is winning. And I, I just the football character is big for me. And I think you just look at how he dominated the SEC, not unlike Justin Jefferson. And I just think don't overthink it. And I don't really care about the weight thing. This isn't a guy who's had durability issues in college. Like, I'm just, I'm totally not concerned about him at all. And I would very much like the Eagles to get him at number 12. So if they did, I would I would love that, Jimmy. But I don't. Where do you have him on your, uh, where do you have him ranked on your Well, Eagles? I can't reveal Likely that. So that's going to that's gonna maybe give up my strategy uh, a little okay. bit. But I, I will say it was not at the top. Well, I'm saying, okay, well, when you do get to the point where
2: all the guys are taken, I want to yes. know where you had him.
1: Yeah, I will. I will reveal that later. Okay. Uh, my number one, Jimmy, is Quiddy Pay from really? Michigan. The okay. defense, Yeah, I mean, why? I, like, I have him third. By the way, we're all talking about like, like. So I did the mock draft roundup that I do weekly at BleedingGreenNation.com. dot com, and the, you know the majority of the mocks out there have the Eagles taking Waddle. He's the most popular. Mm-hmm. Devontae is a close or not too far. To, I would say. Number two, yep, horns up there. But I mean, Waddle and Smith are easily like the, the front runners, and it's just like I'm looking at this and I'm like, we all know this isn't how it's going to happen. We know this. Howie <laughs> right. Roseman, seven of his nine first-round picks since he's been a general manager have been in the trenches: offensive lineman, defensive lineman, and the two exceptions obviously were Carson Wentz, which is you know a very much notable exception, trading up for a quarterback, and then Rager last year. Are they really going to go? Back to the wide receiver, well, especially seeing how that played out for them last year, like, or are they going to go play the hits? Do what they always do, invest in the trenches. Brandon Graham is not getting any younger. Derek Barnett not under contract next year. Josh Sweat not under contract next year. They're going to play the hits. They're going to like. I just feel so certain they're going to take a defensive end in the first round it's a very under discussed possibility for sure i mean it's it's and
2: in quitty pay a lot of people uh have like talked He's about the top how... guy too by the way for me like if they if they do go edge rusher i don't even have another edge rusher on my list so like i think if they mm. did go that route it's him but uh and i had him third on my list so i had him pretty high as well so he he was your number one guy then, huh? And how do you feel about him if we're talking about preference? So I like him. Uh, he I think he really started to produce this year. His production prior to this year wasn't uh, wasn't great, but he's like um, I, I I'll say this. So I know that the Eagles had a lot of uh, interest in Rashan Gary in what what Ugh. year was he? Two years ago now, I think. I think so. Yeah, and the like, draft. He was like a trade up possibility, as, as is as is my understanding, and I think he went twelfth. He went twelfth to the to the Packers. So to the Packers. He and he's been bad. Yeah, so he was like a highly uh, recruited. I think he might have been like a top. He might have been like the top recruit in the nation when he came out of high school, and he had like his like his measurables were awesome. Like he was, had the athletics, he had the athleticism, he had the the, the size and all that. Pay has definitely like similar or better athleticism than Rashawn Gary comes from the same college, of course. So, um, you know, the, the, the evaluation would be, would be similar. It's not like they had a different coaching staff or anything there. So, um, yeah, I can see them absolutely, uh, having interest in, and Gary, by the way, his stats stunk. Like he didn't, his production wasn't good at all. And, uh, for the Eagles to have, which is kind of like a departure for them. Cause I know that they believe that, uh, Saxon college, Leads to sacks in the NFL is the way that, uh, oh, who said that at the Senior Bowl the one year? Uh, I, I mean, they was... picked Derek Barnett, so that's yeah. pretty much right. evidence so, of that. <laughs> right. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I could see them having having interest in him for sure uh, for, for for those reasons. Two sacks in 2018, 6.5, 9. 9.5 in, in 2020.
1: Was it? Uh, four. Wait, four. sorry. Okay, oh, so well, how, how many games? Two. Uh, he played four games last year, 2020.
2: He only had two sacks. That's it.
1: Two sacks, one forced fumble in his career. This is from uh, Sports Reference. Ah, uh, yes, right. Okay. Uh, so great. Um, <laughs> I don't love that. Pro- he also turns 23 as a rookie.
2: I think he was also uh, the the number one guy, or or very high up on the list on um, uh, Bruce Feldman's Freaks list, which yep. he puts out every year. Uh, that's what you're betting on, I think, with yes, him. Yes, right? Yes, it's yes. like
1: the, the profile, the athleticism, and like, when it comes to edge rusher, I think that's important. I think that's necessary. Um, I think part of going wrong in Derek Barnett, not to say Derek Barnett has been bad, but in terms of him not being an elite player, is he just might not have those elite tools to be an elite defensive mm-hmm. end as much as the production was there. So... I'm not going to say the pick is totally, like, nonsensical, but I can't say I love it if that's the pick. I'm confusing
2: him with Boogie Basham's 9.5 sacks uh, last year. Anyway, uh, yeah, 11.5 sacks in 28 games, so, (laughs) like, that's not great. And he was, in fact, number one on Bruce Feldman's freaks list prior to the start of the 2020 season. So, yes,
1: uh, highly regarded athlete for sure. So I get my second pick here. Uh, Jimmy, and I'm going to go with Gregory Rousseau. Mm, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm really banking on this defensive line thing to happen. So Ben Solak uh, did not sell you on uh, on his distaste for
2: him as a pick at 12.
1: Well, uh, this is 13th overall on Daniel Jeremiah's big board. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's top-edge guy here. Uh, this is a guy who had 15.5 sacks, if you still believe in the production thing, uh, in 2019 before he opted out last year in 2020. Yeah, so I, I really just believe defensive line is a bigger possibility than we think it is. This is a big guy. Um, I think you're thinking, like, ideally, like, this maybe is, like, the next callias Campbell, uh, you know, if you're if you're looking at it, you know, with rose-colored glasses, you're looking at this optimistically. Mm-hmm. And I I believe in this defensive line thing. I believe in this trenches thing. So that's where I'm going with. Okay, I didn't even have him on my
2: list, and I just said that I, he was quiddy Pay was my only edge rusher. So you, you could have taken him last. So well, a little, uh, little game I'm sticking, theory. <laughs> I'm sticking to my board. I'm okay. staying true to my board for better or worse. <laughs> but yes, he is a gifted player. Little raw. As Ben, I, I haven't watched his sack, so I, I'm going solely on Solak's Take care during the podcast that the, the three way podcast we did, where he said there are lies. Like those 15 15.5 sacks were lies, in that mm-hmm. you know the play either took too long to develop, or so you know one of his teammates actually made the play, and the quarterback just kind of ran into him. Uh, so he was sort of diminishing. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, 15.5 sacks in, in one season is obviously awesome. And that was really, like, the only season he played fully. And then he opted out, as you said, in 2020. So, yeah. Um, you're, so you're, you're fully entrenched in the trenches then. So
1: they were lies just like Donnell Pumphrey's college production. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All
2: right.
1: <laughs> All right. Why don't you make another pick to me, and then we'll go to break. Okay.
2: So I'm going to go J.C. Horn. I think the reasoning is pretty simple there. Uh the Eagles have Darius Slay. Uh, for at least the next 2 years, they had Avante Maddox starting on the outside last year, which I think a lot of the a lot of us sort of looked at that and went, "It's eh, probably not going to work." And uh it didn't. It actually went worse than I thought it would because he was overmatched on the outside. Uh, I think Maddox will be fine with a move into the slot, but they have nothing on the outside opposite sleigh. I mean, if like if, when I put together like the Eagles depth chart, I have Craig James there. So like, like it's not good. And uh, JC Horn is a super athletic um, prospect. He ran a sub 4-4 at his pro day. Uh, he's got good size and his play demeanor is awesome. Like this guy is, is a guy who'll be fun to watch uh, if you're an Eagles fan. Uh, in that he uh, does, he, he like I think the way that we put it on the three way podcast was, you know, he's kind of like Jalen Mills in that he's not going to back down from any kind of challenge. Uh, he's and he's you know confident in his abilities, but comes with uh, a little bit more talent than uh, than Jalen Mills. But anyway, uh, let's go to break. Brandon, Jimmy, before we hit the commercials, I want to tell you
1: about a new element to sponsorship on vgn radio which is wildnaturepet.com do you have a pet jimmy yes you do you have
2: charlie he's in the room other he's pets la- he's laying down right next to me you can't see him but he's on the floor here laying down next, next to me and if charlie could talk he could tell you that
1: wild <laughs> nature pet uh or go to wildnaturepet.com. the snacks the, the
2: animal pet snacks you can get on there are great right he would say that i bought a bag and i got him some and I opened the bag, and before like, I even took anything out of there, he knew it was dog food. You know, it was like a dog treats, rather. And he was, like, up on me and, like, you know, wagging his tail. Like, give me some. And actually, he can talk. Let's see. Charlie. Charlie. Is there a rabbit outside? Where's the rabbit? Where's that rabbit? Rabbit. Is there a rabbit outside? I'm trying to get him to bark. <laughs> he, he, he barks if you say rabbit? Yeah, because if I say there's a rabbit outside, he'll go to the window and will look for the rabbit. And it doesn't matter if there's one there or not, he'll bark, (laughs) but he's tired. He's not, he's not getting up right now. He's tired. All right. But yeah, so anyway, I bought, I bought these treats for him and, uh, he absolutely loved them. So
1: you can get some treats for your dog in your life by going to WildNaturePet.com using discount code BGN 15 for 15% off dog treats. Hey, same discount code you can use for right for Right to craft Jerky for you as a human and feed yourself some uh, human jerky, not dog treat jerky by using the same discount code, BGN15 for 15% off. So go do that, it's a good deal and you'll be happy that you did. Jimmy? Back after this.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
1: Back here on BGN Radio, episode 177. It is time for your second pick, I believe. Third pick overall, but your
2: second pick of your your little order here. I'm going Penny Sewell, offensive Mm. tackle, Oregon. Um, And the pick there is pretty easy for me. If he's there, then I think you're... Well, they better do more homework on him than they did on Andre Dillard. (laughs) uh, Because obviously they did not do enough homework on Andre Dillard. Uh, I assume they will do more homework on Mr. Sewell. In the event that he falls to 12, which some people are beginning to think is a possibility. And if he's there, Mm -hmm. I don't think that Jordan Milata was so... I mean, certainly he showed... Some things and to be encouraged by last season, but ultimately, like when I charted all the Eagles sacks last year, I think he, I want to say he gave up like nine and a half. So it's not Mm -hmm. like he had like some kind of like superstar season. And he did show that he can play both sides. Obviously, he's a lot more comfortable at left tackle than he is at right tackle, but in a scenario where he can be sort of your swing tackle. Uh, going forward and uh, you bring in a guy like Penny Sewell who you hope would be your left tackle for the next decade uh, I think that'd be hard uh, for the Eagles to pass up that opportunity if he is indeed there and I'll say one other thing about Penny Sewell I know that uh, at least at one time Howie Roseman uh, did think very highly of him uh, as a prospect okay flex little knowledge uh
1: I have said many a times to me that I would not love an offensive line pick in the first round just because I feel like you have Jeff Stoutland. If he's as good as everyone says he is, and I think he is good, then like make it work with less. You shouldn't have to use your primary resources on the offensive line i like building in the trenches in general but in this specific situation i would just like to see them kind of go in a different direction although you know if sewell is there at 12 i think that could be a defensible pick i'm not gonna rip on it entirely it's just not my top preference uh it certainly wasn't at six either more so okay with that 12. my pick here my third overall pick i'm gonna stay true to my board i'm gonna take jalen waddle jimmy Okay. i'm gonna heads here on the defensive line thing not just go quite all in on it i I went strong in my first two but i'm gonna go if they do take a wide receiver by chance i think there's a good chance waddle could be available um depending on how we'll see how the nfl uh, values him there's a lot of mocks i think a lot of rankings that have waddle ahead because i think they look at waddle's upside and Mm -hmm. think
2: he can be more if he hits that and i get that he was outpacing uh smith at the time he got hurt yes. too. So it's not like he wasn't productive or wouldn't have been super productive if he'd played the whole season. But he's actually older than Smith, which I don't love. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the injury issue, I don't love. Uh, like, I, I just, when it, if it comes down to Smith and Waddle at the Eagles pick, which it did in the uh, SB Nation writers mock draft. Although Who did you take on that, doing, by the way? Well, let me tell you, I haven't taken anyone officially because they restarted it at the what? Panthers pick. <laughs> I know. Oh, so, okay, like, I can understand that, yeah. I'm potentially screwed now because (laughs) everyone knows I want Devontae because that's who I took. Um, So we'll see if I get him. But I think the way I thought about it was just like, in what world does the Eagles passing on the Heisman winner – like play out well to take the guy who like has more upside in theory but has some injury issues like that's just maybe it's flawed thinking on my part but I'm just like this is not this doesn't go well for the Eagles this is not how this works it doesn't like oh they passed on the Heisman and he turned out to be a bust or just whatever in the NFL like no that guy probably is going to turn out to dominate so uh but anyway on to Waddle himself uh the upside the speed uh I think you know they clearly valued that last year and maybe they're kind of I'm not ready to say take the L completely on Rager one year after drafting him, but maybe kind of not feeling amazing about him and feeling like that's not going to deter them from taking a player who could kind of have a similar role in Waddle. And that's why I made the pick.
2: Well, I mean, you look at what the Chiefs did too, and they just, I mean, they already had speed guys there. Like they, I mean, good ones too. They already had Tyreek Hill and they added Nicole Hardman and they added Sammy Watkins and like they just keep adding speed guys. So there is some... I mean, if you just keep adding more and more speed, I don't think that's a bad strategy either. I mean, so, I mean, personally, I think, like, if Waddle's there at 12, slam dunk. Like, you just take them, and, and you have a lot of speed on your offense. <laughs> and, like, and you go forward, and you have, like, a running quarterback and a good running back, and you have a good run-blocking offensive line, and you have a good tight end, and you have all those things that you can kind of beat teams with in, like, the in the trenches in the shorter areas of the field. You can have a couple speed guys that can stretch the field on top of that, and kind of got an offense going there for you. So I, I would I would take Waddle in a heartbeat if if he's there. I think Waddle might fit Hurts better
1: too. Not that that should be like the ultimate factor here, because you're not like drafting just to you know build around sure. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, especially if you but, don't know
2: he's going to be your quarterback beyond this season.
1: Yes, but I, I think it's true though that they it's a better fit just in terms of I don't know. Like, I think we need to see more from Hurts in terms of working the middle of the field like that's something we didn't see enough of uh in his rookie season like mm-hmm. something that's yet to be kind of answered but he can sling it and he does like to sling it down the field and Jalen Waddle can get open down the field uh I do think it's kind of funny when you see all these mocks that talk about how like Waddle and Hurts played together do you know how many touchdown passes uh they combined for at probably Alabama not, probably not many because Waddle wasn't
2: was well, he wasn't very productive early in his career
1: it was one, one it was like okay. It was, like, at the end of a game where they blew uh, Auburn out. And okay. the was in the game because it was a blowout. Right. Like they took two out. So uh, I just think that's kind of funny. But they, they do seem to be boys. Like, they hang out off the field and stuff, and it seems like they have a good connection. Um, so that's cool. Uh, my second pick, or th- fourth overall pick, uh, is Patrick Sertain.
2: Okay. Yeah, Sertain. 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 So that you're Sertain. showing your youth there because – his father was a corner in the league. Yeah. For a long time. it was good too. His father was. Good. I don't remember that. Doesn't count. He was in the um, league for like more than a decade. I think. That almost
1: sounds like a hockey name to me, Sertan. Okay. Isn't that? A, isn't that a? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. Anyway, <laughs> really good observation there by me. So I, I I tend to think they're not going to go corner early just because. I, maybe I'm wrong for thinking this way, but I just keep thinking back to the conversation I had with the, uh, the sports info solution guys and how they talked about like corner cover two corner really isn't like the way to go at six because it's just not like a, a good way to maximize your resources. Mm-hmm. You can find cover two corners more easily than you can uh, other certain positions that you could take with that pick, and I just think about how. And, and like, to that point, I look at the success that a guy like TJ Carey had, who the Eagles have been r- rumored to be interested in, free agent cornerback, and he was kind of like journeyman. He had his most successful season last year with the Colts. I look at Xavier Rhodes, who his career was kind of like left for dead after getting cut by the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Like he stunk for the Vikings. He goes to Indy, all of a sudden, rejuvenated career. Kenny Moore... Had a lot of success, and was like like, I I just look at these cornerbacks, and I'm thinking like I think Jonathan Gannon might be able to get more out of less with these corners and you don't need to invest a primary resource into that spot so maybe I'm wrong for thinking that way I talked to this I talked to Solak about this recently uh, offline and was saying like do you think they really go corner early if they're if it's like a cover two defense and is that worth it and he was kind of like well I don't know because we don't know exactly what Gannon is going to run although there's been some talk that there is going to be some cover two there Jimmy so we'll see (laughs) and cover three um so uh, yeah, I I just don't know if that's the most likely pick. So that's why I have it here. But if it is, and Sertan could be there, then that's the direction I have them taking. I've taking their what's it? Their sixth Alabama player that they've taken since like nineteen fifty seven or something, something crazy like that.
2: Yeah, none since what two thousand three. Or two thousand two, Freddie, Freddie Mills. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know how to pronounce his name either. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think Sertan's going to be there because I think he's really good. I think uh, mm-hmm. if he gets to ten, I actually had him in the same spot. Like so, he was like my next guy up on on my board. But uh, if if he gets to ten, I think that's an easy pick for the Cowboys to make, and even the Giants at at, at eleven. I think he's an easy pick for them to make as well. Um, is that your second pick? Or yeah, so you went Wilder yeah, Sertan. Yeah, you're, you're right? up. All right, so. Actually, uh, this my board falls perfectly here because these guys are, I don't want to say they're the same player, but they're sort of the same, I'll just, I'll list them both at the same time here, but they're they sort of like the same fit with the Eagles, and that's Rayshawn Slater, uh, offensive tackle, uh, he played offensive tackle at Northwestern, some people think he's going to be a guard in the NFL, and Elijah Tucker, same thing, hmm. uh, at a USC. And these guys, I think, have like all pro potential as guards these guys like if, if the Eagles took either of these guys I mean people are going to be furious <laughs> because like they're probably going to play guard and if they play guard then they're probably not going to play year one at all because mm-hmm. you have Brandon Brooks and you have well not, I don't want to say they're not, they're not going to play at all but they're not going to start uh, assuming yeah. everyone stays healthy week one because you have say left guard who's he's not going to get benched in favor of a rookie and you have Brandon Brooks who's you know a, an all-pro guard in his own right assuming he can come back from his Achilles tear. So um, yeah, I think he's a play for the future. He fits in. If, uh, you know, Jason Kelsey retires next off season, uh, say, uh, say Amalu moves inside from left guard to center and you plug in Slater uh, or Vera Tucker in at left guard. They also have, um, you know, potential versatility to kick out, to tackle in a pinch because they played there in college. Uh, but they're both really, really good players it's just they would be unlikely to play for the Eagles a lot as rookies, which people would be very upset about. Uh, but I can, you know, kind of make. I mean, you can make an argument for for the, for either of them as a long term play.
1: Very uh, not exciting too in a year where they're not even going to be good. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing <laughs> right. if the team like is good and. You're making a pick for the future, and it's like, okay, we're okay with not seeing this guy because we have presumably, like, a good starter ahead of him, and this is a pick for the future. But, like, you're not going to be good anyway, or at least I don't think they are. And it's like, then you don't even have this top first-round pick to, like, right. look forward to. Like, that's that just takes more – it's already, like, a juiceless season ahead of us, and now you're just taking more potential excitement out of it. Like, that's such a bummer. Yes. Uh, I, Entertainment from a factor, likely
2: terrible, terrible pick, but I wouldn't kill them for it. Like, I actually think it'd be, like, not – I wouldn't think it would be a dumb pick in any way. I think the way. The thing about the trenches in
1: general and what I don't love about it is it's just like. I just feel like it's kind of. It's not, like, bad idea necessarily, but it kind of is, for me at least, no new ideas. It's just, like, play the hits. It's like, let's just, (laughs) you know what? We suck at drafting wide receivers and cornerbacks, so let's not even try that. Let's just go to what we always do and default back to what we always do, which is take linemen. And that's not, again, I don't think that's always the worst strategy, but it's kind of frustrating to me and just, like, can we just finally maybe get, like, a good wide receiver or cornerback? On this team because you've never been able to do that really in terms of drafting and developing one like that would be nice that'd be be nice to see that for once uh like I have more faith that they can actually find an offensive lineman or defensive lineman later in the draft and maybe turn him into something than I do because if they, they can't do it a wide receiver a corner so why would I have faith they're going to do that later on in the draft so that's the only frustrating element for me but I think in terms of likelihood I think those are pretty reasonable picks and uh so those are those are your two right Yeah,
2: here's how i'll put it like if you were uh if you're playing madden and you had the ability to just fast forward through a season <laughs> like, like it would be a, it'd be like a good yeah like it'd be a good pick to make in that scenario because you don't care you're fast forwarding through the season you don't have to watch it you don't have to play it <laughs> and, then, and then you have that good player ready to go in the next year and then when you make the fun pick next year then you can enjoy it more so the top nine are off my board
1: okay uh I have Quiddy Pay number one, Rousseau number two, I had Waddle three, so I got my top three guys. You'd uh, Horn at four, I mean, you'd Horn, I had him at four. I had Sertan five, Sewell six, Devontae Smith seven, and then eight, nine, Slater and Tucker, or Vera Tucker. That brings me to what, my next two picks? So I get two more picks, yes, and then uh-huh. you get the one. Okay, so Micah parsons
2: yep, i had him Jimmy. next on my list too
1: <laughs> i have seen scenarios i think todd mcshay did a mock draft for espn last week where it doesn't shake out too favorably for the Eagles. Yes. like all the wide receivers go yep, both corners go and it's like it's, it wasn't like an insane situation that he painted either mm-hmm. it wasn't like oh this clearly isn't going to happen like no this this is feasible um th- th- it, there is like a doomsday kind of scenario like that i think for the sewell Eagles. was still on the board and i would take him in a heartbeat he over was, parsons yes and that's and that's fair but like you know still like juice level like not very high overall in that scenario and i think there could come to a point where maybe parsons is realistic i i still struggle to believe it because of how this organization i think just doesn't value that position but Mm -hmm. if you want to say that you know bringing gannon in makes a difference and maybe it does because you look at how going back to the vikings they use what number nine overall on anthony barr they had eric kendricks who was a high second round pick i believe you have, uh, what's his name? Darius Leonard, very high second round pick. Right. So, like, I don't know. Maybe it's not impossible that he is truly the best player on the high board. Second I don't... And, like, from a super
2: small school, too, Darius Leonard.
1: True. Yes. So I don't think it's impossible. I think it's, I still think, don't think it's likely, but I think the odds went up a little bit. And, you know, we're, we're kind of deep here into the list anyway. So I will take a flyer on Micah Parsons. Do you have any thoughts on him?
2: Yeah. So I'm with you on the, on from the standpoint that, the scheme maybe will like elevate the importance of the linebacker position because if they're going to be blitzing linebackers a lot, you want a guy that can be able to get to the passer and Parsons can certainly do that. Like there's an argument to be made that he's even like, he could be like an edge rusher and like a three, four, for example. Um, so you like him from that perspective. And then just the athleticism that he has is crazy. So he will be able to cover, like in theory, he'll be able to cover in the NFL. And if they're going to be playing a lot of zone, uh, coverage in in with scan and scheme, then you're going to need a linebacker who can cover ground uh, over the middle and and deep deeper down the field uh, down the middle. So uh, he'd be able to do that as well. And then also like I think you know obviously they deprioritize the position, but I want to say Joe Banner put it this way: where like if you have a weakness on defense, like it's gonna get exploited, and the Eagles got exploited big time at that linebacker position early in the season when Gary went out and uh, Singleton came in. It got corrected a little bit. Singleton was obviously a lot better than Gary. But they were just getting torched week in and week out by tight ends and also in the run game to some degree. And um, maybe that convinced them a bit that they just they, – like you can't just completely ignore a position to the extreme that they have with linebacker and then of course jim schwartz reportedly um wanted a linebacker in the first round who which one of the, which of the two it wasn't queen it was the other guy which whose name is escaping me right now what's the chargers uh, uh play to oklahoma yeah that's gonna bother me oh well um anyway uh you vamp uh, i'll look it up okay <laughs> so yeah i can see them uh i can see them having uh heightened uh I can see them, like, increasing their priority level Kenneth in the linebacker Murray. position. Yeah, Kenneth Murray, that's it. Um, but, again, at 12, I, I'm in the same spot as you do, so he's, like, mine. What Would you have him 10th? I have I him tenth overall. Okay, so I, I had him 9th overall. So I still think the likelihood of them taking him is very low, but I do think it's more of a possibility than it would have been in other years. Like, when he was there at 6, obviously, no way. And people were mocking yeah. uh, Michael Parsons to the Eagles at 6. And, like, I would just And laugh then I was mocking them. <laughs> right. At 12, uh, I still think that's silly to mock him there because there are so many, you know, more clear uh, possibilities for the Eagles. But I wouldn't, like, I, I wouldn't call it a non-zero percent possibility that he goes to the Give Eagles Give me a percentage chance. One.
0: <laughs> and at 12 so like,
2: if they like moved back a little bit then i could see it a little bit more there but um, well that's that factors in here to our draft we, we're yes. counting for potential well i think move when, up. when we're getting down this far i think uh uh a lot of like everyone that we name from here on out is a potential move back kind yeah. of pick
1: and on that note jimmy i'll go to my final pick i believe here okay uh, I'm between two guys. I'll bring up the other one after you reveal your final one, if it's not the same, or if it is the same. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jalen Phillips, who, okay, some people think is the top edge. I think Solak was saying just based on like film Town alone, talent alone, yeah, is, yeah, 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 is is the top guy, and maybe it is a trade down. I don't know, or maybe the Eagles just love this guy. I don't know, but if I'm you know sticking to my defensive line thing, I think I have to lean into that. And it, it's very much an eagle's pick from potentially like outsmarting ourselves mm-hmm. here like so so totally uh checks that box I'm gonna go with him as my final pick
2: major injury concerns and uh you know does he want to play football concerns um uh, he retired at one point i mean for that good- hasn't
1: stopped them before Jimmy <laughs> that's true
2: <laughs> yeah all right so uh my final i have three guys left do you have any guys left on your list that you that aren't going to get taken? yeah at just all? the one but you have to all Tell right, so with my last pick, and this would probably be in a move-back scenario. Oh, maybe it's the same. Caleb Farley, cornerback mm. from Virginia Tech, who some people thought was the best corner in this draft talent-wise, but has injury concerns. Um, I mean, they drafted Sidney Jones when he they knew he wasn't going to play at all. In in uh 2017, actually, I guess he did p- play a little bit in that Week 17 game against the Cowboys, the meaningless one. Uh, but they were willing to do that with a with a high resource. Then, uh, this is in the same situation because it's not like Farley's going to miss you know his rookie season or anything like that. But he just comes with long term uh, injury concerns. So if he checks out like you know minimally, then I do think that he has a possibility either a 12 or with a slight move back. I have. Trevon Moerig as the pick that I didn't get
1: to make okay. here. My final player remaining. Obviously more of like a trade-down kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Just looking at their safety situation, I mean, you know, Harris is on a one-year deal, Anthony Harris. And then McLeod also I think will be a free agent after this year. So,
2: you know, ideally, kind of need to get younger back there. I have two guys that went undrafted. Uh, Jameen Davis. I don't know if I'm mm. pronouncing his first name right. Uh, linebacker out of Kentucky. Um, again, that'd be a move back scenario. Um, I think they they might be more interested in him even than Parsons uh, as a linebacker. But uh, and then the other guy is Justin Fields in a scenario where somehow he falls to the Eagles at twelve. Do they consider that there? No. I mean, well, <laughs> first of all, I don't think he makes it there, and I, just, I don't
1: either, it yet, Just to be clear, it makes no sense to me how they're taking <laughs> like it just. Like, I, in a theoretical world, sure, but like in actual real life, I just don't understand how that works. <laughs> how they move back and then take a quarterback? Like, I just don't. I just don't get it.
2: I don't see it. I don't think there's any way Trey, Trey Lance makes it to twelve because of just his absurd upside. But if there's something that teams just don't like about Fields, and you know there is some stuff like not to like, like um, we discussed him previously, like the. Um, uh, his, you know, reading blitzes and such like uh, pre-snap and, uh, you know, holding on to the ball for a while and like kind of like the same way that Carson Wentz did in his final in the last two years, really, uh, with, or really over his entire <laughs> career with the Eagles. Um, you know, and th- there are concerns with, with Fields' game, but I think he's like super talented. He's got a big arm. He's accurate when, when he has, when he has a, a pocket to throw from. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he can run. Like I like a lot of different things about his game. If he's there, I mean, I would take him in a heartbeat. But I'm not. Um, but also, I didn't trade back from six to twelve <laughs> like the Eagles did. So uh, yeah, like I'm with you. Like it wouldn't make a lot of sense for them to move out of the six spot if they like liked him enough to take him at twelve. Then wouldn't they like him enough to, to just not move out of six and take him there? Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, so that you had nobody. Oh, you already uh, said your remaining guys. Morick. Yeah, Rake, right. TCU. So, uh, just to recap, I'll
1: let you figure out your board or your final, your your six picks. to meet mine? were Quiddy Pay, uh, Gregory Rousseau, Jalen Waddle, Patrick Sertain, Micah
2: Parsons, and Jalen Phillips. And I had Devonte Smith, J.C. Horn, Penae Su- uh, Sewell, Sean Slater, Elijah Vera Tucker. Well, I got the offensive line market cornered, and yeah. uh, Caleb Farley. All right. I beat Jimmy last year. We'll see if we can make it two (laughs) years in a row. Unfortunately, you beat me last year.
1: Well, unfortunately for you and also me. (laughs) That's right. And (laughs) anyone who cares about the Eagles. That's right. (laughs) Uh,
2: Any final thoughts, Jimmy? Uh, Yes. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, please call Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. 856-906-9295. Especially if you're looking to sell a house like the market's out of control you will get more for your house than you would probably think uh, at this time. So, yeah, Kristen Roach, 856-906-9295. Any final thoughts for you, Mr. Galton? I don't know. Be nice to each other. Be
1: be Do something good for someone. You know, let's try to make the world a better place over here. <laughs> um, Check out the SB Nation NFL show, of course. I was on uh, with our friend RJ, Jimmy, RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. We did a most controversial takes in the NFL. Do you have a – what's your most controversial NFL take? While you think about that, I'll keep talking. Give it to me after I'm done here. Uh, So we did that for the SB Nation NFL Hmm. show and also did over-under on win totals, our best bet in each division. I did that with Rob Stats-Guerrera on Tuesday. Talked about the Eagles in there. I took the under on a certain Philadelphia – football team at 6.5 feel good about that uh we also check out right to sell and craft jerky by going to right to sell using discount code bgn15 for 15 percent off follow me on twitter at brandon gatton follow jimmy kemsky on twitter at jimmy kemsky check out bleeding green
2: Nation.com. check out Philly voice.com and also jimmy what's the take you know i don't really have anything right now that's that's but normally like i have like five different things that i can rattle off that like people are bugging me like uh, but, I, but i can't think like what were some of the ones that, that were settled say if i agree or not
1: um well, one I had was that the well, I mean, this is contra- I So I, I, it's like a two layered thing here. My Eagles one was like, okay, I think the Eagles are going to be competing for the number one overall pick. And Ooh, okay. Prob- is that controversial to you? Yeah,
2: I don't think they're going to be competing for the number one overall pick. Well, then it's a controversial they, thing. They have, they, so have okay. the e- they have the easiest schedule in the NFL, and it's actually by a pretty big margin. Like, like their teams that they're going to face have a winning percentage of like five thirty, and the, like the next closest team is like. I'm, I'm sorry, not 5:30, 4:30. And the next close team like their winning percentage is like
1: 4.50 something, I think. Jimmy, when you start a conversation, let's say we're talking about who could the next who could the worst quarterback be in the NFL next season? Is Jalen Hurts in that conversation? Is he in the conversation? No. No, cuz that's, that's
2: so wrong. That's that's just a lie. You're lying. It's not me, a lie right? cuz he's got running ability to fall back on. So he can he's so at, what? he's at least going to give you that. There, there are quarterbacks that don't have any mobility at all and then if they also fail as passers they are going to be worse than hurts i don't think he's in is the he conversation no, i mean he's, 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 he's clearly in the conversation to be like bottom quarter and may yeah, even well, be likely to be bottom quarter but not worse than the nfl like there is okay. going to be plenty of quarterbacks that that just don't have that to fall back on that are going to be just total train wrecks like there are okay. every year there's some there's there's guys like that
1: well, that was my controversial <laughs> take. You can you can hear more. But I, I like I like the friends. <laughs> um, I think that's about it. So we'll talk to you in the future. There's a locker room uh, replay that Seamus and I did. Jimmy, I want to get you on there as we get closer to the draft at some point, get Solak on there too. So go check out myself on a locker room app. That's for iOS only. But you can follow me on there to get notifications when we go live in those rooms. It's a lot of fun. You can interact with the show, get on the feed. And, uh, how so are you don't doing do against, all that before before we close out? How are you doing on against uh, Ray Diddy in the uh, crossing uh, bod? I'm probably getting smoked Jimmy, as I should be. It's a, <laughs> it's a total honorable lot. Jimmy. For those who don't know, Jimmy is referring to the March Madness or April Madness now uh, tournament on CrossingBod.com, where it's uh, Eagles Media and actually you you're beating
2: help... him on their site right now. Well, that did thing, you know that? Right, no. You have fifty nine <laughs> Fifty-nine point five percent. Ray Diddy has forty point five percent.
1: I'm probably still going to lose. So, and that's fine. But uh,
2: if you want to help me not get blown out totally, that would be cool. is making a run. He's beating Rube. Baldy's beating Mosher. Okay. Seth Joiner's beating Berman. A lot of low seeds uh, winning here. Mm-hmm. Uh, McLean versus Kaplan. McLean's losing to Kaplan. Wow. Uh, Bowen and Zangaro. Uh, Bowen is smoking Zangaro. T-Mac versus Sal Pal. Sal Pal is beating T-Mac. T-Mac was a 1-C. And Green Legion, who stuffed the ballots against me. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> they're stuffing again. They have 79.2% of the vote versus 20.8% for D-Gun. Come on. D-Gun. Is, D-Gun only has 20.8% of the vote. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god green legion has 1489 votes nobody has anywhere even remotely close to that so there's stuff in the balance again <laughs>
1: that does it for this week's
2: BGN radio episode bye everyone
0: <laughs> B-G-N. first thing in the morning as soon as you wake up the to-do list starts
2: Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.